Welcome. Welcome, welcome. This is We've Got Issues with your host, TM and Honey. Yay! And excuse our squeaky table. Yeah. We actually are in a study room somewhere. You can probably hear us echoing. Yes. Oh, well. And this will be the second or third time we've tried this podcast. Oh, my God. We have tried to talk to y'all about this topic for weeks now. Maybe that's the problem. Maybe they don't want us. The, Maybe. The higher powers don't want us. They don't want us talking about this chick. Well, we're, they don't know how stubborn we are. Right. So we're here again trying to tell you about Natalia Grace Barnett. But first, we got to say that we have a new... Oh, yeah. We have decided to switch hosts. We're no longer on Podbean. So if you follow us on Podbean, um, you can come and find us on iTunes. We're on various other things. Go to our Instagram, We've Got Issues Podcasts on Instagram, and it can give you a link to the different avenues you can listen to us on. Okay. Fabulous. And let's hope we don't crash ever. Oh, my God. Okay. So in the news here lately is a story straight out of the movies. Like literally there was a movie made with the same exact kind of right. plot called Orphan, right? Yes. Um, do you want to tell us a little bit about Natalia Grace Barnett? Well, you probably know more because oh. um, you just watched the interview. Because um, I just Googled who is she and, you know, you'd think there'd be some kind of nice little... A nice little blurb. Not yet, because it's in the process. It's not history yeah. yet. No Wikipedia yet, um, I'm sure. Basically, what I know is that child slash adult that was adopted by a couple um, from the Ukraine, and they came forward and said, she's not the age we think she is, or we were told she is, and she's trying to kill us in different ways. And so they basically got a judge to say she was an adult, and then they put her up in an apartment in what Canada? Peace, yeah, they peaced out to Canada. Peace out, man. Peace out. That's the very, very short version. Well, and the very important version of what the they, fuck? Yeah, they adopted a child. They thought she was one thing, and there there was evidence to suggest she was something else, and they actually feared for their lives. They said that she attempted to kill the mother on a couple of occasions by pouring bleach in her coffee, uh-huh. by trying to push her into an electric fence, wow. and had had threatened to harm her and the, the kids. Uh, so they kind of did their best to get her out of the house, the and house. they sure did. They, they sure, sure did. did. So it's a very complex and complicated story because for starters if she's from the Ukraine and you know she was adopted here you know it's not her first adoption so right. she's probably had a bunch of bunch of shit right. a bunch of so failed Dr. Things. yeah Dr. Phil just uh aired an interview that he did with her on the 7th um you guys can go check that out but this was not her first adopted family in the U.S. The other adopted family had literally just signed over their rights. How long had they had her, did they say? They didn't say how long they'd had her, but they did say that she had been in 30 other foster families before she was adopted by the Barnetts. Okay, and so she was allegedly 
nine-ish. Or six. Six. Allegedly six or seven. Allegedly six or seven. Yes. She already had 30 plus adoptions. No, uh, well, well, foster. foster yeah, yeah. 30 plus moves. Yes. And there had been a history of violence in those other foster homes. That's, that's very important. Right, yes. You know, I, I worked in the child abuse system. And so with the adoptive part of that, people only only wanted to stop fostering children if they were um, harmful, if they were threatening, if they were running away, if they were damaging their other children or, you know, they had to have a violent streak to them. They don't just give them up because we can't take them anymore. You know, they just don't. Right. Because right. you get paid money to take foster kids in. Um, and a lot of the families, they're not the best families. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, yeah, we, we've all heard this. you just don't give yeah. up kids unless they're hard They're not worth the money anymore, which they're is terrible to say, terrible but to say. the You're truth, right. right? You're right. So 30 plus. Yeah, our table is Our table squeaky, wait, sorry. Wait, wait. Well, that might be appropriate background noise for uh, <laughs> the psycho. Right. So anyway... <laughs> So, but she was, um, for those of you that don't know, I mean, because of all the age discrepancies, she was a little person. She, she, has, she has dwarfism. Um, and so, from what I've read also, it's kind of hard to tell their age. She's from the Ukraine, and we all know, you know, they probably don't keep good records and mm-hmm. such. So, um, there had to have been testing. I don't know what kind of testing they do. It's not like you cut open the arm and it has rings like a tree does you know <laughs> right but there has to be some kind of testing that they did with this child for a judge you know unless you've got some dish on this judge and he owes you a right. paper well the adopted mother says that they took her for a bone density test uh-huh. when they started having these doubts okay. and the bone the doctor who read the results said there's no way that she could be the age, at that time, like eight or nine, yeah. So once the, he confirmed it, they took it to the judge, who the judge then changed the age, the, yeah, the age and made her, what, in her 20s? Or, it's, the timeline is so right, sketchy. Right. Um, but basically when these adoptive parents got her early on, like that night, that next day, that week, they had bathed her, you know, thinking she's this young, and she had a complete... Bull bush. bush. And yeah, they thought that she had started her period. Yeah. Um, So, you know, it's not unheard of, but it's extremely rare that a child of that age would have a full bush and some periods coming. So they started, that's how kind of what started them thinking, like, what the hell? And then, of course, like you said, Bleach or pine salt in the coffee. I didn't hear about the electric fence thing. Yeah, apparently they visited some kind of cattle ranch and she tried to push the mom into Jesus. an electric fence. Mm, I don't know. but. And then I, I thought I had read that like when she was, I don't know if it was therapy in something, like she was writing down, I want to kill them, I want them to die, like different creepy scary things like that right 
But this is this is like truly something out of Hollywood. I mean, there's and and right. what universe could all these things start lining up and adding up? And it's literally he said, she said they were truly convinced that she was an adult. They had a doctor confirm it. Right. A judge went ahead and and solidified it. They put her up in an apartment. They yep. got her food stamps. They got her set up to go to school. She had not just school, college classes. Right, right. So, and do you, like, do you have, because she was allegedly, it's, I was six when I came into the United States. And then these people adopted her in 2010, and they were led to believe that she was six at the time. So, to go through 30 foster families in a span of a year? That's what I'm questioning. Like, see, the timeline, even from the stuff I'm finding online, is not consistent. You know, it's not... Because if she was six when she came to the United States, you don't come to the Ukraine to the United States, and then they seek you out for adoption. You get adopted, and then you come to the United States. So, if she had already been here with that first family, you said had dropped her off. Mm -hmm. So, she would technically now be seven to eight-ish probably, when they adopted her, but they said they were led to believe she was six, but doubled her age, believing her to have been closer to 20. Well, six doubled, eight, 20. So there's so many discrepancies just in the stuff I'm reading, right, you know, about right. to try to piece together the actual age or right. the actual, why is this person saying this? We um, would need actual, like, documentation yeah, to, to, like, yeah. to see. But they did find birth mom. Birth mom confirmed that she was born in two thousand three. They allegedly allegedly found birth mom. Yes, I agree. I I could be her birth mom. I mean, if there's money involved, I'll I'll say she's my daughter. I'm from the Ukraine. I don't speak English. I don't know. But right. Um. But yeah, that's another kind of twist to the story. Is that a birth mom comes forward and says, "I'm the birth mom." Right. Well. Yeah, okay. Um, she was she was adopted and they brought her in because she had harmed one of their children, that first foster home in the, uh -huh. or in the States. She injured another child. That's the previous family was. returned her to social services when she injured another child. So it doesn't say I don't see where she was adopted. She could have that could have been a foster home. Well, how else could she gotten into America from the Ukraine if she wasn't brought over by adoption? Exactly. You have to. They, we're not going to... we got enough kids that need to be adopted. We're not, right. Hopefully, we're not bringing them home from the Ukraine. So, hopefully, they should... But people do. People adopted. do all the time. I had, a, I had a client when I worked overseas. They adopted a child from the Ukraine. And a similar situation where she had grown up in, um, in an orphanage. Right. And was acting bizarrely well and there's no telling what they go through when they're over there you know i it's been years ago but i've had watched you know a show um like a documentary and it's terrible at those orphanages they're left forever in these cribs they're just they're not fed so they just look like shit they just don't cry anymore because they, they stopped yeah, crying they know it it's not gonna it doesn't get them anything um so think of just the trauma caused by a child who can't talk, walk, can't get out of this crib, can't feed themselves, and they're neglected and 
every way, shape, and form. Every, may not be abused, but I'm sure stuff like that. Well, oh, yeah. I mean, if they're they're in a large room with several other children, you can only imagine what's going on and what they're subjecting each other to. She says, Natalia says, one of the boys, me and him, are really close, so we wrestled. But I landed on his arm wrong, so the mom thought I was trying to break his arm. So that must have been the, the final straw, so to speak. Um, not the current right, ones, but right. the ones prior. The adoptive mom says that she threatened to stab her family in her sleep, tried to poison her coffee. There it is. Tried to push her into an electric fence. Of course, Natalia denies everything. Of course she does. Everything. Of course she does. So, but... <laughs> she I, told Dr. Phil the poison claims were a misunderstanding while cleaning. Sure, sure. <laughs> so... Go ahead. Again, it's just it's just kind of like my mind is blown because who's at fault? Well, ultimately, the parents are at fault because even if you adopt a child, you take it's on that responsibility. Exactly. And yeah. as a parent, you see your children through they young adulthood. Dead. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you don't just abandon them in an apartment. Abandon them. I mean, I have three. Don't don't get me wrong. I love him to death, but there's like you need respite sometimes. Of course, and but you don't abandon them when they're not ready in an apartment no. where they're a dwarf and can't even reach stuff on the counters or right. use the toilet or right. you know. Um, I do understand foster parents, adoptive parents. There's a lot of frustration with lack of resources. They don't have respite care for them. Um, there's not the we all know about the mental health crisis in the United States like mm. there are not adequate providers and if there are it takes you months to get into them or right. there's, there's so many and not even that just if you are in crisis and you have to go to a hospital you have three days yep if you have no insurance you have three days and even exactly. then a doctor can get you out in less than three days. And all they do is drug you there. So they, that's yeah. not, they they calm the crisis. Yeah, that is definitely not adequate. If you have insurance and in you're in a nice place, they'll they'll suck it till it's dry. They'll but that's still two dry. weeks. If you're in a they major, even then try the amount of time it takes to even find a hospital that has an opening or a bed or you know it could be hours away. You know, just I know. It, so. It, it's hard. So coming from your background, mm-hmm. what are the uh, consequences of adopting a child and then giving them back? Giving and, them back or abandoning them? Well, well, because the first family did give her back. Right. Right. So is there... Consequences to the child or to the family? To the family, probably none because, you know... Sometimes the foster care workers, adoptive care workers, leave things out. Well, stretch the truth a little. According to the interview the dad did, they left out a bunch of stuff. It was a quote unquote closed adoption, Mm -hmm. and they got very limited information about her to begin with. Yeah, right. Well,. And you're thinking if it's a six-year-old, there's probably limited information, right? Especially from the Ukraine. I would have not in a million years have guessed that a six-year-old had been in therapy placement. Oh, I know. So when you say, oh, she's only, you know, we have limited information. She's just been here in these states for a year. True, true. But come on. 
even yeah. though they had shit. Right. You know, when my niece decided to start fostering, I'm like, oh, like, <laughs> no offense, but it's the worst. It takes special people it to takes... do that are special or greedy, depending on what your, <laughs> what your uh, motivations What's are. What's your motivation? Because they always lie to you. And they always say, oh, we have respite care. Just give us a call. Or, yes, we have this money for this. And then you need it and you ask for it. And they have not, They don't. They just lie to you. Because um, they want you to take those kids. Right. Well, I'm you sure know? that they have the pressure of getting this child right. placed. Yeah. And so, you know, just the lies. Um, to the parents, I, I guess if there's a process that you give up a child willingly that you've fostering or adopted fostering is it's fairly easy mm-hmm. to do but if you've adopted a child i assume there's some kind of process which is sad and scary because yeah. technically like you said if you adopt it's your child right so how is giving up that child any different than if i wanted to give up my child how do you go about doing that I what does know. that say about you what does that <laughs> i know you're do you get a record? Do you get a... That's, that's my question. Because I know that in, in a lot of states, you can, without fear of punishment, without any kind of consequences, take your infant, like your newborn, your infant, right. to like what, hospitals fire and stations. fire stations, police stations. Limited. Right. So that's, that's my question. Like, So if they decided that they were going to abandon this child, what, were gonna, what would be their... Abandoned, you'd have to get charges. I don't know. Okay. I, because I didn't know if you had seen something like no, that or heard adoptions, it. I've never had. Okay. Now with fostering, of course, that happens. Oh, yeah. Gone. But with adoptions, I mean, I'm guessing because it's an adoption, and even in adoptions, you still get subsidies. I'm guessing there's some kind of relinquish. I can relinquish my rights type of thing. I'm assuming there's some kind of clause even though mm-hmm. don't know that there should be because you're taking responsibility. You shouldn't adopt unless you're sure. Right. Not right. just 100% sure, 150% sure that this is the child you want to adopt. So I'm guessing there's probably some kind of way out. Right. But that way out could be, okay, we're going to charge you with a misdemeanor versus felony. I don't know. I, I've never experienced an adoptive parent giving up a child. But in in their defense, defense. they they <laughs> thought that she was grown. They they she thought. Had so to add another layer to this story, um, they have the Barnets have another child. I think his name is Jacob. They have three of them. Well, yeah, but Jacob is a physics prodigy. Oh. We're talking like eight, nine, ten, attending college, university level okay. physics classes, understanding it, getting so how it, old contributing. Was he when this- when they, when she well, they did an interview with like 60 Minutes or 2020 or something like that. And Natalia was in the, like sitting at the table with them. So this was going on when Natalia was in their family. So, so they, the reason why they were moving to Canada was because Jacob was going to go to school. So they went to Canada to, for Jacob to go to college. Okay. And you don't know what year that was? I do not. Okay. See, my brain, it works in a timeline. And so, especially when there's crazy cases like this, I want the timeline. Because I have such a... My mind is so detective-y, and I have to have timelines, you know? 
that's why I was a good chunk boost that got investigator because I kept very detailed timelines, you know, um, because the story I'm reading says that in 2012 is when they filed that motion to get her birth certificate changed by 14 years because allegedly, allegedly, boy, I would hope a doctor actually did a bone test and proved that she was 14 or older at the time of her adoption. But see what I'm saying at the time of her adoption? He didn't do bone tests at the time she was adopted. He did bone tests in 2004, 2012. You see what I'm saying? Like yeah, the, the, the things right. don't add up. Like, I'm so confused. Um, but also in 2012, so they applied to, they actually got her birth certificate changed, right? It actually succeeded in yes. that. Yes, a judge changed it. Yes. Um, she was also admitted to a long-term psychiatric care facility. Long-term. Dun, dun, um, dun. During that time, she confessed to being older than, older than she pretended to be, um, and she wasn't discharged until 2013. So you're looking at long-term. So we know it's, it could just be weeks because that's long-term technically. Right. And again, to reiterate, that is not normal when you are admitted to an inpatient facility. It is not the norm. I hated it when I had kids and their parents were like, you know, we need a long-term, we need to hospitalize her. And I'm like, I'm sorry, our system is broke. We all know this. We just had a shooting the other day again. We all know our system is broke. It doesn't work. You're there maybe three days right maybe three days what do they what can they really do in three days they fucking drug your ass drug you they put a band-aid on it and send you back out send you back out yeah you're stable so because i was stable for 24 hours i did not say i was gonna hurt myself then i get released that's all it takes but the fact that she was there long term possibly months it says something because our system does not like that. They, they kick people out, basically. However, she was adopted, so she probably had state insurance. So, of course, we can. there's no limit on that sometimes because... Well, as long as, as the doctors can justify or exactly. the caseworkers can justify why she needs to continue right. receiving treatment and like apparently that. Apparently, if she did, she's a crazy little thing, you yeah. know? I, yeah. I mean, everything that I read, it just... The parents probably did not do what was right. I'm not going to side with them. But it appears that this child slash adult, whatever she is, is a little bit crazy. She got some shit going down. Right. That needs to be addressed. So the fact that they upped and furnished an apartment, paid for rent, left her ass, basically. It had to be really bad. It had to be really bad to write. Like... Yeah. Doesn't justify it. No. But again, just the crazy set of events that happened to where they had the doctor say, well, first of all, they thought she has pubes, uh-huh. she has a period. She had adult teeth. She had secondary yeah. sexual care, other section secondary sexual characteristics. All of these add up to she's older than what she is. Right. Doctor confirmed it through tests. They had physical evidence in their hand right. from a medical doctor she's older than what you think the judge even signed off on it so were they really at fault did they think they were doing something wrong i don't know know? and thank god i don't have to know that answer thank god i'm not the judge in this case or on the jury who has to determine (laughs) right said she's 20 or 22 or whatever so 
apparently she's had another bone density test that said no she like at, at this current year stage uh-huh. that she's like 16 or whatever okay. so the, the original doctor who did the first he's the first test he passed away so there's uh, no him. yeah <laughs> there's no debating back and forth between these two doctors exactly. about where his mind was and where the new doctor's mind right. is and so right. again hard and evidence right now, against hard evidence it, and it is but you also have dental records because i had read that they through her dental that's how they found out she has adult teeth well six seven eight year olds don't have adult teeth mm-hmm. you know they just don't do little people do their teeth are they different i don't know i don't know, you know either that's not my expertise um but i think we can agree that there's some shit that's just needs to be questioned and some shit that this little girl has done some stuff well yeah but what is it what i know and when what yeah exactly it? and and coming from a background where trauma, abandonment, chemical imbalance, poor nutrition, all this other stuff on top just it's just everything's just so layered. And the things that she, that she's had to do just to survive. Right. And getting to this point. I mean, so Dr. Phil straight out asked her, "Are you a psycho dwarf?" God damn, Dr. Phil. I know. <laughs> so he straight up asked her. Straight up. Sometimes you just got to be straight up. Right. Okay. And? And the, the answer she gave, of course, was no. She laughed and she said no. Okay. Why'd she laugh? Because, Sorry. I mean. Because it was funny. Well, yeah, you laughed. Yeah. yeah. Um, but she so he well he okay let me just say this dr field does not believe that she's lying um but he does add in the layers of the 30 plus foster homes with history of violence adding on the layers that for her age she well he doesn't believe that she's 30 i'll say that let me say that but for her age she is very well spoken she's very intelligent she adds layers of complex conspiracy theories. So she has kind of like that that underlying like main common denominator that a lot of con artists have of that right. that ability to manipulate. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. I you know, I respect Dr. Phil. I really do. He for the most part, seems to have his shit together. I agree for the most part with most of the stuff he says. Um, and he could very well be true, be right about this. Um, I want to watch that. I need to watch that. Um, I did find why she came here. Um, it was part of an adoption program. So she was not, doesn't sound, says, According to an affidavit, Natalia Grace told a sheriff's deputy in September 14 that she came to the U.S. in 2008 as part of an adoption program. So, God forbid if the U.S. fucking did something with some other countries and said, send your psycho crazy dwarf children up here. 
that's that's the program. That's the program. Yes, we're the psycho dwarf adoption agency. We're looking for all your psycho dwarves in your country. Do you have anyone fitting this description? That's why she was here. So that was in 2008. She was adopted by that family in 2010. Is that correct? No clue. Times, years are not my friends. Yeah, numbers are not my friends. They adopted her in 2010. So what happened in those two years could very well be some more of those foster stories, which I'm trying to look up right now, which, you know, good luck finding that stuff. Um, But, you know, I do respect Dr. Phil, and, you know, I I would probably agree she ain't 30, you know. No, she doesn't look 30. that, That was quite a stretch, quite a very interesting number that they come up with um but wow so how do you think that family would feel coming out and there's irrefutable proof that this chick is now 16 that they abandoned an eight or nine year old in an apartment where she couldn't even function because it wasn't handicap friendly Having to learn how to use food stamps and everything okay. on her own. So she, it was in, what, what year did I say when she was um, put in that apartment? She was, oh, 2013, remember. she got out of the psych ward, so 2014. So she technically would have been 11 <sighs> when they, quote, abandoned her. Gosh. If If this most, because the, the current thing is saying, her age is the same as her birth certificate, mm-hmm. so she was born in 2003. So 2014, she would have been 11 and allegedly went through, I think, at least a year before she, nine months to a year before she got evicted. Um, but like you said, they set her up with food stamps, with all kinds. I don't know if you've ever been on food stamps. No. It's difficult. It's not an easy thing to, to navigate or to know, like, what the hell do I do with this type of thing? And I guarantee if she'd have went to the store and acted like she didn't know what was going on and somebody helped her, they would have been questioning, where's your parents? Why don't you know how to do this? How old are you? And it would have came out a lot earlier than this. So, see, I still have questions about who I believe. Um, but then she allegedly took adult classes, college-type GED, I don't know what it was, type classes. She hung out with people from, what was it, a drug rehab thing? She hung out with her neighbor. I mean, it's just, at 11 years old, really? I know. It's... I don't know. I've, I've never met a con artist. I know. Are they that good? And, yes, they are. There's, there's actually a... Uh-huh, well... At 11. I, I, I was kissing my poster of somebody on the wall at 11. <laughs> I, was, I was sneaking little Debbie cakes into my bedroom at <laughs> 11. But, but at the same time, you and I do not have the background that she's yeah, had. And having don't. to... And I'm not working with anybody that's had that. Right. And having to learn to survive in that harsh of a condition. So right. there's no telling. That might have been a cakewalk compared to what she came from. <laughs> that's true. Very true. And I think if nothing else, it's... it's we can agree on the fact that when people are faced with these out of the blue, out of the norm situations, right. there is no quote unquote normal way to act. Right. There's no normal way to react. Like if a loved one passes away and you're sitting over here 
laughing an hour later. Yeah. Well, that's what you had to do in the moment. Doesn't mean that you're not mourning. Right. Or I think of like Amanda Knox when uh, her her roommate had been killed, and they have the they were using the video evidence of of her and her boyfriend at the time, and they were kissing. And you know, there is no normal way, and you don't know how you're gonna react when you're in that moment. So there is there's no way that I can judge you based on how you're acting in that right. moment, but we do it all the time. We do it all the time, of course. So, um, it's, it, I think... Especially given her background. Ultimately, I have compassion for both the parents and Natalia. Oh, yeah. Because we don't know still. We just don't know. Right. You know, unless the little girl swears, you know, yeah, I'm crazy, yeah, I've done this, oh, yeah, but, I've done, you know. But if she's crazy, she's not going to say she's crazy. That <laughs> We know that from mental health. Like the 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 well, I don't like using the term crazy, but just for semantics here, right. the crazy ones don't know the crazy. The ones who think they are crazy and come in saying, "Oh man, I'm crazy," they're not. They're not. Because <laughs> you were, you wouldn't know. Um, so yeah, so she attended classes at Lafayette Adult Resource Academy, and then now they go to trial January twenty eighth, twenty twenty. So a oh. month and a half. We're going to have to have a part two to this then. Oh my gosh. Won't that be exciting? Um, they're also under a gag order right now. So there won't be shit. But you know what I find interesting? What? The, the parents have done interviews. Uh-huh. But the interviews that I've seen, like the Daily Mail, uh, they're, they're done in England. They're not done here. That I've seen. So very curious as to why they're doing the story is international now, but why they're, they're they would speak to. You know the English. thing I was reading earlier was from BBC, which is uh huh like, yeah. So, so why aren't the United States making a big deal out of this? Like, well, now they're indicted, so they can't speak well, because they, they might imp- they might implicate themselves, but. No clue. This whole thing is just one confusing right. Right. mess. God. You know, and and all their children are adults now. I want to know what they say. You know, the, right. the old adopted couple that's not adopted parents anymore. I want to know what their kids say. We, we need to do one on that one you just talked about, too. That oh, Amanda Knox? Yeah. She has a new podcast. She does. She does. Oh, I'm going to subscribe to it for sure. Oh, my God. I just watched a documentary that she did talking about her trial and uh-huh. the things that were going on and how she was coerced by the Italian police to implicate herself. It was is and that is another I just out of the norm could not make this shit up kind of stuff. But I, I, that's that's an interesting thing to talk about too though is how we hear it so so often of well they forced me to admit my guilt or they and I'm like but how because I'm sorry I don't know come hell or high water that I would ever admit to something I didn't do. But. False confessions happen all the time. All the time, but that's what I'm saying. Like, but 
But because sleep deprivation. Yeah, uh -huh. they keep you in there for hours and hours and hours. But I still don't want to get up every minute. I think probably at the end of it, and I say this coming from a terrible relationship where I was literally in a room for hours with a person who would not shut up and who just kept berating me. Uh -huh. You say whatever you're going to say to get out of there, to get out of that room. And I'm not, I'm not comparing the two, but, but especially if they're, they're trying to, if I'm, I'm under the false idea that I am innocent, justice will prevail, even if I say this, just to get out of here. I am innocent, I will be... No. But no. in the moment, and, no. and especially, look at some of the people who do this. They don't always have the highest intelligence. Right, right. That's probably the common but denominator. But you don't always have nice cops who aren't hitting you or aren't threatening you, aren't threatening your family. So there's just, again... That would be an interesting podcast, too. Because it happens so often, you know mm -hmm. it has to be true. It does. You know it's true. And I've seen some, and I'm just like, you motherfuckers. How dare you do that to that child? Like the. Oh, did you ever finish watching the Central Park Five? That's what I was going to say. Did you finish watching it? Oh, no, I can't. <sighs> I can't shit like that. Because or the West Memphis so Three. High. Yeah, it's. I, I can't because I get so effing pissed. That's what I'm talking about. Like, you motherfuckers. How dare you do that to those children? Like, you can't do that. You can't talk to a child without a parent or a But they do. But they exactly. did. And they do. It still happens. Yeah, that's why my heart's just racing already, if you can't tell. And so, and that's kind of like what's, that's one of my biggest nightmares is being accused of something that I didn't do, but I can't prove I didn't do it. Right. And so here is a perfect example for, for either parties, the parents who who thought they had a grown person and they set her up to right. to hopefully succeed but now they're being accused of child abandonment and neglect mm -hmm. or a child an innocent child who might have mental health issues who through no fault of her own right. was placed in this family and these those were the things that happened and she was abandoned again right. again so that little boy, Jacob, went to school in 2013. That's when she was either still in the hospital or getting out of the hospital. It just, it's questionable. I know. So many questions. Man, I wonder if this is going to be live like the OJ Simpson I know. I, I hate court TV, but I definitely want right. updates on this just because oh, it's so God. fascinating. So fascinating. Why do we get so fascinated with the crazy shit? I, I think that's just part of human nature. You know, it really is. Yo. Oh, my goodness. I'm still reading about her. Trying to find some right. some history on her. Right. Some, of course, so, there's not going to be anything. Let's, let's, so, if, if we were to explore the theory that she was a teenager pretending to be a child, mm -hmm. this has happened before. There is there's a documentary called The Imposter, uh -huh. where um, a little boy named Nicholas Barkley went missing, and over a decade later, this this guy this little kid was found crying, curled up in 
a phone booth in Spain, I believe. And when he was questioned by a police officer, he told them that he had been kidnapped and he just ran away from his kidnappers. They brought him in. They, they laid out all these pictures and different things before him. And they, he basically was able to pick up from the different cues because that's what, what's how it happens. Especially in, like in false confessions, right. they might like put a suggestion. Yeah. Are you sure? You, you were here, weren't you? Yeah, uh-huh. didn't you tell me this? Anyway, so he was able to pick up from all the cues that people were, were dropping that there was a missing boy named Nicholas, and he claimed to be Nicholas. And they flew him. He said that he was uh, kidnapped and part of a sex sex ring uh-huh. or sex circle, whatever they're called. And he had been brought to Spain. So they flew him from Spain to the United States. All the family had convinced themselves that, that this was their missing child. And he lived in the home for a good while before he... Five years? I don't know if it was years, but it was definitely months, if not a year. And um, until he finally confessed, they, they started putting pieces together. The things didn't add up. Right. And he finally confessed that he wasn't. He was, in fact, like a 21-year-old man from France. <laughs> but he had convinced them. He knew what to do, what to say, how to, how to read people and give them what they wanted, which is part of being a con artist, exactly. is you give people what they want. Yes. Wow. So... I mean, there's several instances, some are crazy, but, you know, of, of people pretending to be younger so they can, I don't know, there's some crazy, I don't know, I think it was a woman that pretended she was a high school kid so she could get some young guys. I mean, uh, shit like right, that, right. You know, um, but this, also, this is somebody with the balls to, like, blatantly lie about their age by a decade just yeah. to have... A, a home, have warmth, have food, have... Right. And, you know, there's also plenty of cases of um, psychopathic or sociopathic children and teenagers that grow up and murder their adoptive parents. You know, there's... So do you, do you think a child can be a psychopath or a sociopath at like six, six, seven? seven? Yeah. I don't know. Some people swear. I mean, the... That they've I seen they, it. I think you for sure could see some unpleasant tendencies. Right. You know? Because um, just thinking coming out of birth, you know, there are certain things gestationally that can happen to affect somebody's brain chemistry. Right. Correct. And then through the actual birthing process, did they get stuck in the canal? Did you use forceps that can have an impact on how their personality develops, right. their intelligence, things and like they that. Birth is trauma anyway. Right. And then adding on you talk about nature versus nurture. Right. So there are actually sociopaths or psychopaths walking around well in our, our lovely DSM it's called anti antisocial personality disorder. Uh-huh. There are people like that walking around all the time, but it's the, the nurture portion of it that determines whether they're going to be police officers, firefighters, soldiers, you know, people who right. run into danger as opposed to us who run away from it. So they're productive members of society because they've had good, loving, nurturing homes. But the, the people with this antisocial personality disorder who 
come from like Natalia's background where exactly. abuse, neglect, who knows what else happened that right. they can turn into serial killers. They right. can turn into these types of con artists and things like that. Yeah. And so, so I think you just kind of nailed it when you said nature versus nurture because... You know, I'm, I'm a strong one that I truly believe. I gotta believe. <laughs> Children don't come out of your room crazy. They don't come out psychopaths. They don't. It's, it's Even if they have, so we know as clinicians that, that in our DNA somewhere, there are certain traits and things right. present. Right. So someone who might have that trait of having that antisocial personality disorder, it could already be wired into them, right. but something has to... There's a, most generally something has to trigger, trigger that or question to, mark. to make it more bold. And, you know, because we've worked with hundreds of kids, hundreds of kids. And, you know... Even when I worked in Missouri with hundreds of kids, I, you know, I would tell teachers, that child does not wake up and say, what can I do to fuck with her life today? You know? <laughs> and if he does, Even, I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm sorry. It's, yeah. it's a rare occasion. Because I truly believe that kids don't think like that. Now, they can. They can do some pretty serious... I just had... I just had... to them that could force them to have to have I just had a fork thrown at my face. By a four-year-old, so, three-year-old. Think he was born that way, or do you think some shit's happened to that poor little kid? Maybe a little bit of both. Could be a little bit of both. I agree. Like you said, they probably have that trait, that DNA, you know, molecule in there somewhere. But when you grow up with certain things or without certain things, it exacerbates it. Oh my god! Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, and that's it's sad. You know, what one of the red flags, you know, do they harm animals? I wonder what Natalia did to the animals. Gosh. You know, think about that. So she came here in 2008, she was five. What did she do? What happened to that child? Those formative years, extremely formative years. So, if you ever want to know how to fuck up a child, please don't do that. Don't Please fuck don't up a child. That. We have enough of that already. God, don't we? So, I know some people use sociopath and psychopath interchangeably. Yeah. But there actually is a difference. There is a difference. Do you want to describe that? Uh, yeah. So, so again, um, when we talk about someone being a sociopath or a psychopath, they have a personality disorder. Um, and it manifests itself with extreme antisocial attitudes and behavior. Um, so with a sociopath, they have all this, but they have no guilt. They feel no remorse for the things that they do. Even though they know they're doing, it, doing something harmful, they don't feel bad about it. Whereas a psychopath, they do all this stuff, they can feel the guilt, they can feel the remorse, they have the emotions, but they just don't give a shit. I'm, I'm sorry I hurt you. Well, no, I don't, I'm not sorry I hurt not you. Not sorry. Yeah, huh. I know this hurts you, I don't care. Eh. Man. Get over it. <laughs> Suck it up. 
So, but but these these types of people, these sociopaths, they have charm. They have the intelligence. That's what draws us. And yeah, think about like Ted Bundy. Right. People were drawn to him because he was good looking and he had the charm and he was super smart. Um, but you know, they, they don't have any kind of delusions. They don't have any kind of irrational thinking. They don't have any kind of nervousness or neurotic manifestations. Like when we think of somebody who has schizophrenia, you know, they're paranoid They're Yeah. So, um, they have, they're just not sincere they have poor judgment and they don't learn by experience. You know, if I know I'm to, if I touch this this red hot stove eye, it's going to hurt my hand. Right. They're just going to keep doing it over and over again. But um, they're egocentric pathologically and they don't have any ability to love. Um, they are just kind of unresponsive to interpersonal relationships. They have, um, they make a lot of suicidal threats, but they rarely carry them out. Uh, they don't, their sex life is impersonal. Um, they fail to follow any kind of life plan. So I am very curious as to the particular traits of Natalia. Right. Of her, yes. Now the thing I'm reading from Psychocentral, when it talks about a sociopath, it says a lot of times researchers believe that that's the result of the environmental factors, so more of the nurture part. Negative households, physical abuse, emotional abuse, mm-hmm. childhood trauma. Another great documentary to watch um, is there's they did a, several different interviews with, I think his name is Richard Kuklinski. Kuklinski. He's called, um, he's known as the Ice Box, Ice Man, Ice Man. Dick the Iceman? No, not Dick the Iceman, just Iceman. Richard Dick. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Went right over my head. <laughs> but uh, he was a known hitman for the mafia, and he is he claims to have killed over 100 people. And while he was in prison, he sat down and agreed to be interviewed. And this is on HBO. There's like three different interviews with him where he sits down and he just lays it all out there. He talks about what he did, how he did it, how he felt, but how he grew up. And he grew up in a very nasty, mean, abusive home. home yeah. Have you seen The Joker? I haven't. Oh. And is that kind of along the same lines? It, it's very interesting. Like, mental health completely. Like, it was just... I don't like I'm in denial with the 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 shit that goes on in America because I just don't want to think that there's bad people out there you know oh but there are I I mean look at this whole Epstein thing oh god so watching the Joker I mean I would have probably just walked out had my child not said there's a purpose behind this and so after watching it I'm like it does tell a very good story of mental health and how it can completely fuck you up like I know. your upbringing and 
it was it was quite interesting I gotta say I think the mind is very resilient and it will protect you when you need protecting but I think it's and and on the same coin it's completely fragile um that and I've, I'm, I'm in the middle of reading a book called Radical Forgiveness. Uh-huh. And it's kind of opened my eyes up to my whole past 36, well, maybe like more like 33 years has, has been an illusion because I've assigned a meaning and, a, and created a belief about myself uh-huh. based on something that happened in my childhood that wasn't even the truth mm. you know and that's that's what a lot of our beliefs are yeah something happens to us in childhood and as through the eyes and through the knowing of a child we assign a certain meaning like we're not good enough right we don't deserve things and that's how we continue to grow for the rest of our life and struggle with certain things because we have this belief yeah you know it's it's interesting because you know People avoid, they always want you to do training on resilience. Why do some people have it? Why do some people not have it? You know, why do some people can go through all this trauma and still be, quote, normal? Right. Here to be normal. And other people can't, you know. So resilience is it's very interesting to me. It's yeah. Very, it's a very interesting concept. Oh, wow. And, yeah, and it's all about... The brain and your personality. The damn brain. I know. So it's, complicated. It's an amazing organ that so many people just overlook. Right. They overlook mental health. Well, sure. But it, it drives everything about us. It does. Have you ever been known anybody? Because I've never been admitted. But have you ever known anybody that's gone to a doctor or psychiatrist and the first thing they do is a brain scan? No. No. It ain't going to happen. No. It ain't going to happen. But more likely, there's something misfiring or not working very well. Right, there. and there's, it's still so taboo and a shameful thing. But if you have diabetes, you're gonna get you're gonna take, you're gonna insulin. take your insulin. Yeah. So if you have if you don't produce enough serotonin, go buy the shit. Yeah. And you know we have the technology nowadays to figure some of this shit out. Yeah. You know we do, and you know it doesn't have to be expensive as far as the brain scans. You know they can get those cheap. You know, in America today, we should mm-hmm. be able to do that. Right. And so if you're, you know, not, medication's not working for you, maybe now it's time to do a brain scan. Or maybe, God forbid, if we did it with every single client that ever came in. Yeah, and this is what's really going on. Let's and find out what's going on. with Yeah. Yeah. God, what a shame that'd be if we could pinpoint some of the stuff. Well, maybe we can change that. <sighs> Go church that direction. Well, I know like uh, Daniel Amen, Amen, Amen. Yeah, Daniel Amen. He's been doing a lot of work and yes. the importance of brain scans. Okay, but and it's, nobody can get into because it's so expensive. It's so expensive. You know, he's got five thousand cash. cash. Yeah. Yeah. So, anyway, stick with us, and uh, we're gonna be following the Natalia Grace Barnett story, yeah. and. Uh, Stay medicated. Go buy that serotonin. (laughs) Adios. Have a peachy day.